All right, folks, you are listening to the Yishai Fleischer Show, broadcasting live from Ashkelon. That's right, I'm in Ashkelon right now, uh, overlooking the beautiful Mediterranean, and it is a stark contrast to where I was a week ago at this time, which was I was landing in uh, Dallas, or flying out of Israel, coming into uh, Newark, and then flying out of Newark and going to Dallas, and then I went to Houston, and from Houston I flew back to JFK. From JFK I uh, was in New York for a few hours, a few hours, including a visit to the tomb of the Lubav Sherebi, and then, uh, then heading back home. And then I got home and I had promised my family some vacation time. And so immediately uh, began this, uh, the, the next day we came out here to beautiful Ashkelon, which is our preferred vacation spot. And I'm looking over right now towards Gaza, and I'm looking at the, uh, some of the Ashkelon power plants, and I'm looking at the beautiful ocean, uh, the sea, excuse me, the Mediterranean, and there's also this beautiful Park Ashkelon, which is this beautiful uh, uh, nature reserve right here, an archaeological preserve as well, so it's really great. And actually, there's an ancient Philistine gate that I could see from, the, from, uh, from right here. Uh, from my vantage point and uh, that that thing is like 4,500 years old that's an ancient ancient place and there it is like there's the original uh, the original Ashkelon which is a very ancient city and it's got a very interesting and checkered history amazing uh, it was you know a very religious city and it was at times a Judean city at other times it was a pagan city of various kinds and it was built up and and when you're here and you swim in these waters one of the things I like so much about Ashkelon is that when you swim in these waters it's true about the whole Mediterranean, you know, the Israeli coast, but it's certainly truer even in some places like Ashkelon is that you can really feel that you're swimming in waters of history. Uh, this is an ancient sea and an ancient port, and uh, you could feel it, and if you're biblically inclined, you could feel Shimshon looking out at these waters, and uh, the same beach that you're swimming out in today is the same that uh, that the you know ju- young Judeans from the tribe of Yehuda swam in and 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 Shimshon and 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 you know and and Herod built the city at some point as well. So it's it's just a very historic and awesome place to be. Uh, and uh, just in terms of just the modern life of you know five minutes ago being uh, you know in transit or in Houston, Texas, and then suddenly being here. Uh, you know, that is, that is the miracle and also the discombobulation of modern life. Instead of uh, taking a long boat, you know, to, to these shores and seeing the, the size of the earth, you're in this, like, flying tuna can, and suddenly you, you, you know, and you're, and you're getting kind of compacted into your seat, and, and the, you know, the thing takes off, and, and everything is air-conditioned, and tiny bathrooms, tiny servings. Um, if anybody's ever seen the beginning of Fight Club, there's definitely something to that. Uh, I am not recommending that you go see Fight Club, but if you have seen that movie, then um, uh, y- y- you know that, that like, the world is kind of like they sterilize and miniaturize and air condition you, and, and there you are crossing the, the globe. And, and at the same time, it's a beautiful miracle. It's, it's an amazing miracle. It keeps you connected with all kinds of folks, and and you, you know, and there I was at CPAC, uh, which is a conservative uh, movement in, in the United States, and speaking there at the conference. 
And that's what's going to be on the show today. There's going to be actually two things that I wanted to play for you. One is my invocation. I basically kicked off the CPAC Dallas conference by uh, putting in an invocation. That's really neat. Uh, and then afterwards, I was on a panel uh, about Israel uh, with David Milstein uh, and with, uh, uh, with an American official and folks from CPAC. And it was really neat to, to be on a panel like that. Uh, so I'm going to play that for you in just a little bit. Right, and uh, it, was, it was Matt Whitaker who was on the panel with me uh, from the uh, former, former head of the uh, uh, Justice Department in the United States. And uh, that was a very interesting person to have on the panel. And my friend David Milstein, who uh, was an advisor to Ted Cruz, was assistant to David Friedman, and is a mover and shaker in the American Jewish political world and a connection to, uh, to Israel. So, um, you know, uh, with great folks, and it was moderated by um, uh, Vianne, uh, Vianne um, Schlapp, who's the daughter of Matt Schlapp, the head of CPAC. And, okay, so it was, it was just like a very interesting conference. You're going to hear about it. And just a, just a few thoughts I wanted to tell you about, um, about life uh, out there and the traveling world also is that uh, I'm sitting next to um, I'm sitting next to people on the airplane, and and I'm like learning Torah, writing, doing something, and I see people's TV screens. I hear the I hear this noise. I hear shooting, 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 and then I hear it again, shooting, shooting, and I realize that the people sitting next to me are all listening too loudly to stuff in their earphones, and it's all coming bleeding out. And I look at the screens all around me, and people are being murdered all around me in all the screens. And you're just like, is this what we're doing? Is this what we're doing? We're watching people getting murdered with too loud sounds in our ears, hurting our ears, wasting our time, and, and poisoning our minds? It's just like, what are we, what are we doing? <laughs> what are we doing? Why are we watching? And I'm telling you, three or four screens around me, people were just getting butchered in all kinds of like videos. And I'm just like... What are we doing as a society? On the other hand, uh, after my uh, invocation and my panel at CPAC, people just kept coming up to me saying, I love the Holy Land. I want to come visit Israel. I've been to Israel. I love Israel. I support Israel. And, you know, the other side of that is that in the conservative world, in the United States at least, at least, I'm not saying only, there's such a, and especially in a place like Dallas, there's such a natural connection to the Bible and to therefore the people of the Bible and the land of the Bible. There's just a deep yearning for it and a deep love for it and a deep affinity for it. Uh, so, you know, those are, I guess, uh, uh, opposing cultures or not necessarily opposing, but certainly, um, well, I think they're opposing and maybe in conflict or, or at least they are two trajectories. Let's put it that way. They're not necessarily conflicting or opposing. They're more like they're two different trajectories and we may embody both of those trajectories. But I really, I really wanted to turn to the people next to me on the plane and just be like, guys, come on, just turn this junk off, you know? And, and let's just watch something healthy for us and relax and have a good conversation or at least not hurt our ears, our mind, and our soul with this stuff. Uh, on the other hand, uh, talking with uh, folks at CPAC about Israel, about, about a love of God, 
And uh, one, one of the things I really like about Texas is that there's this just natural, uh, um, natural sense uh, of, of that the Bible is alive, and therefore uh, they just get it. So you're going to hear that on the panel, and we're going to have the talented Ben Bresky put that in the show for us. And I do want to thank Ben, uh, Yocheved, Moshe Herman, Tabitha, and Lou when we're live for helping produce the show and make it happen. And I do want to thank uh, the sponsors of the show as well, uh, including, but not limited to, uh, our good fro- friends at Prohibition Pickle, prohibitionpickle.co.il, making delightful delights for the Sabbath, uh, including uh, pickled things like pickles, herring, salamis, hot sauces, which is basically, it doesn't even matter if I'm not eating any Prohibition Pickle stuff, they're hot sauces, which are humorously named Dude Shemesh. And Dude Shemesh means uh, water, water urn or water heater on top of your house, but it also means like, it also means like, you know, a sun heating thing, so you have the, the hotness in it, but also it's kind of cool in English because it's like Dude Shemesh. And so, okay, I, I love their hot sauces. That's prohibitionpickle.co.il. Uh, they're, they're doing great work. And also Retro Watch Guy, he's out there, a monster on Instagram, getting you the coolest watches. You didn't even know that such many cool watches existed. And indeed, uh, the promotion of RetroWatchGuy.com and their Instagram feed has led to uh, some sales of watches. And that makes sense because, I hope it's led to some sales, I think it has, because um, cool guys listen to the show, or cool wives listen to the show, and they want their husbands or friends or fathers, sons, whatever, to have these cool watches that are just uh, edgy, uh, retro, antique, uh, but, but work great and, and adds it to your, uh, you know, add a little panache to your awesome persona. So <laughs> that's a lot of fun. So thank you to that, and thanks to the folks that also get our show out. Uh, including the good folks at jewishpress.com, which always push out our show every week. Uh, and I love their email, Jewish Express. Great news, great coverage, great writing. And our good friends at israel365news.com, including part of the Israel 365 family, uh, including the Israel Bible, which is an awesome product. Beautiful Hebrew, beautiful English with Koren, Edited by Rabbi Tuli Weiss and also uh, with great transliteration and commentary specifically about the land of Israel. Now, let's get, uh, let's get to um, the audio from the CPAC conference. And then we're going to come back right after that with a little bit of table Torah and some thoughts about the book of Devarim, the book of Deuteronomy, the book of what I call the book of Jewish philosophy and the Moses' famous speech. We'll get to that right after uh, my time at CPAC uh, at, at, in Dallas. So like a combination of Dallas, CPAC, and Rabbi Ishai Fleischer with a little bit of Eretz Israel and that kind of uh, the land of Israel and the Torah of the land of Israel. It, it was awesome. It was, just, uh, it was just a good, good energy to be had all around. So Ben Bresky, stick it in right now. And we'll uh, see you on the other side of this audio. Dear God, you know that great forces are pulling at us, pulling us apart. 
On the one hand, like in the era before the flood, the borders between right and wrong, between proper and perverse are being erased. Our children, dear God, are targeted by endless barrage of depraved messaging, which purposefully confuses them about what a faith-based life and healthy family life looks like, and it sets them on a self-destructive path. Biblical illiteracy is rampant. Even worse, many don't know why they should care in the first place. China and Russia, countries of dubious morality, are filling the vacuum of an America that is morally ambivalent. And like in the generation of the flood, when moral relativism reigns, society begins to devalue human life, and therefore violent crime grows, theft, and murder. But on the other hand, God, there are many points of light and positive signs. Miraculously, we meet young people every day who are rebelling against the godlessness and are asking for a moral compass and are seeking a meaningful life. This ingathering itself of CPAC in Dallas is, is a bastion of hope and faith for millions. Moreover, God, the rebirth of Israel tells us that you, God, are in the process of revelation. And you are fulfilling your ancient promise to Abraham and to King David to ingather the exiles and rebuild Jerusalem. God, you have given us the merit to live in a generation of wealth, of health, and most of all, of knowledge. Help us, God, be grateful for these gifts and use them to fight against the haughty forces of darkness who wish to enslave us with their manufactured fears and experimental morality. Help us, God, be a force that shares a sense of life's higher calling, that takes the material blessings and makes them a vessel for purpose. God, please allow us to be a force that exudes gratitude kindness, and even a subtle sense of humor that comes from knowing that God is the one who runs the world. God, please, us, please give us the clarity to understand that the darkness that we see today is merely a counterforce to the great light that is indeed coming down. As King David says in Psalm 36, for within you, God, is the source of life. Through your light, we shall see light. And finally, note, Lord, may that effort, our effort today, yield the rebuilding of God's temple in Jerusalem and the building of a home for God in this great country and in each one of our hearts. Amen. Ladies and gentlemen, next year in Jerusalem, CPAC Israel, please welcome former special assistant to U.S. Ambassador to Israel, David Milstein, international spokesperson for the Jewish community of Hebron, Ishai Fleischer, CPAC board member, Matthew Whitaker, and your moderator, Viana Schlapp. Hello, CPAC. Thank you for having us here today. We are so excited to be here. I'm excited to be here to talk about the most recent CPAC trip, which was in Israel. Um, I know that I can say this was a life-altering experience for myself. 
And I was joined on the trip by um, my lovely panelists here. Um, and we're going to get to it, talk about Israel and um, some things that we witnessed on the trip and just some really great things about Israel. So let's get started. CPAC was planning to go to Israel for many years. It was in the works, but we didn't make it happen until this year, but we're so glad we did. And CPAC going to Israel really does send a message. My question to you all is, what is this message? David, you want yeah, to Yeah, so uh, first of all, it's great to be here, and uh, thank you. Credit truly goes to uh, Matt and Mercedes Schlapp, as well as Dan Schneider, for having the, the leadership and the foresight to bring CPAC to Israel for the very first time. It was an incredible trip. The trip took uh, the 40-person delegation all over the land of Israel, and in the middle of that trip, had the first ever conference in Israel with three former U.S. ambassadors under President Trump, a former attorney general under President Trump, as well as Ben Shapiro. There were 2,500 people that came to an event in Tel Aviv, and it's part of CPAC's vision to bring conservatism uh, all over the world, including to Israel. And it was very meaningful to me as somebody who worked uh, for the U.S. ambassador to Israel, David Freeman, under the Trump administration, to be able to have a, a small role in being able to facilitate what is, what is going to be an incredible journey for future CPACs in Israel next year and the year after. Very good. Uh, first thing, I want a round of applause for Viana, who this is her first time moderating a panel at CPAC. She's been raised right, so congratulations. Keep up the good work. Uh, Israel is the spiritual capital of the world. Jerusalem is the spiritual capital of the world. And uh, it only makes sense that people of the Bible, people that want values, come to uh, Jerusalem. They also came to the town that I work in, which is Hebron, which is the tomb of the patriarchs and matriarchs. I mean, if we want to talk about conservative values, shouldn't we start at the tomb of Abraham and Sarah, Isaac and Rebecca, Jacob and Leah? I mean, that, that's not just conservative values. That's actually the uh, first family values, right? Here's the first family of Israel. So we went there as well, so that was very special. And uh, I think that CPEC has what to learn from, uh, and CPEC folks have what to connect to Israel, to learn from Israel. But at the same time, you know, Israel is a country that was formed, yes, 3,000 years ago. And 2,000 years ago, we had first and second commonwealth. But in this latest iteration, in this uh, third uh, commonwealth of the Jewish people, we had to do it kind of fast. We put it together uh, through the times of the Holocaust. And it was kind of born right after the Holocaust. And it was slapped together kind of quickly. And when you look at the United States and you think about how the forefathers of this country worked so hard to create a, a, a nation and a state that had these incredible values, the most central value of which is that the people have to love their country but distrust their government. Now, that's a very special gift that the United States brought into the world, checks and balances. Israel was formed from a, from a more communistic place. It came out of Russian Jews. Uh, and so when CPAC comes to Israel and when Ben Shapiro talked about uh, judicial reform, when he talked about uh, uh, getting rid of bureaucracy, I was like, good, CPAC has got something to teach Israelis as well. So it's a mutually beneficial relationship, and I'm really glad that you guys came. Thank you. I, I would add to that, first of all, if you can and you and you want to come next year. I, I think it was such an amazing trip. It was my first time in Israel. Several things just struck me. 
first of all, uh, you know, it's just the history, but not only the history, but how it sits today. So you have a modern Israel where people live and work, and then at the same time, you have um, a, a, a country and a place that so many important historical events happen. Um, you know, we went to Bethlehem as a Christian going to Jerusalem and, and walking the Stations of the Cross and all of those things. But at the same time, the modern part really struck me because I was on a panel with the former Minister of Justice and to talk about how Israel as a country currently doesn't have a constitution, that they're actually still using laws from the Byzantine Empire and thinking about how all that stuff you learned in Western Civ recently, <laughs> how it all actually applies to this place in this time. And so it was really just extraordinary uh, to be in that. It was a tremendous opportunity. And I think one of the things that I think is, it's so interesting and it's so, uh, like it's an honor to be a part of is the conservative movement in the world. You know, in the United States, we have our challenges and our battles and we're still advancing the, the, the rule of law and liberty. But at the same time, sharing that same message uh, and trying to, you know, teach and, 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 and translate American uh, freedoms to the world is just, and this was a great opportunity to do that in Israel. So, David, you worked in the U.S. Embassy, um, which was moved to Jerusalem thanks to President Trump. Um, you had a front row seat to the negotiations, especially with the Abraham Accords. Now, could you tell our audience a little bit about this um, and just, like, the importance of these accords? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, the Abraham Accords was a uh, historic agreement that the Trump administration facilitated between Israel and uh, three, four, and then eventually five uh, other Arab countries in the region. And this was extremely important for a number of reasons. First, it actually showed and blew through the myth that often exists in public policy among people in the foreign policy establishment who wrongly thought that the failure to solve the Israeli-Palestinian conflict or what actually drives violence in the Middle East. And that's actually not the case. What really drives violence in the Middle East is the threats that are coming from Iran, the leading state sponsor of terrorism, who actually pose the threat to both Israel and a number of Gulf Arab states. And if you go back to 2015, Prime Minister Netanyahu actually had the courage to come to Congress, if you recall, and speak out against the Iran deal, not just as an existential threat for Israel, but also as a tremendous security threat to America. And he did that even though President Obama at the time was pushing forward on it. The Trump administration came in, and President Trump had the courage to leave the deal because it posed a threat to America and our allies, including Israel and the Gulf Arab states. And Israel and the Gulf Arab states started to recognize, wow, we have a real friend in Washington, D.C., and you see a president who, contrary to previous presidents, was going to fulfill his promises to Israel because they're in America's national security interest, from recognizing Jerusalem as the capital and moving the embassy to Jerusalem, recognizing Israel's sovereignty over the Golan Heights, taking on the Iranian regime for the, really the first time and imposing maximum sanctions on them. All these various big decisions, people thought it would actually create more violence in the Middle East, and actually by embracing Israel and showing the world that Israel and America are, are in a common fight against the enemies, really, of Western civilization. And also bringing along the Gulf Arab states, we were able to bring historic peace in the region. And really the future for all of that is, is, can be positive, uh, 
unfortunately, the Biden administration is trying to reverse and appease the Iranian regime and appease the Palestinians and go back to the failed policies of the past. So they're not going to be as successful in these endeavors. But what's good is that Israel and these Gulf Arab states, which for years had behind-the-scenes relations, have now, through the Abraham Accords, created these strong uh, agreements publicly and are standing united against the Iranian regime, but also, frankly, are standing united against the Biden administration right now, which is trying to rejoin and create an even worse Iranian deal that's terrible for, for the free world. And so uh, the path forward is really for us to continue to build upon what has worked. And ideally, in 2022 and maybe in 2024, we can have a president who moves forward in the right direction. So we're talking about Israel and peace, but unfortunately, many of Israel's neighbors are not looking for this same peace. Um, Rabbi, I would like to turn to you, because um, you are actually from Israel. Could you give us a little taste of what it's like on the ground there when we're looking at rising anti-Semitism here and abroad, um, Iran closer to getting nuclear weapons, the ongoing threat of terrorism? What, what concerns you? Well, first thing is that we're, we're a post-Holocaust country, and we've been through a lot, the Jewish people. So when you say these things to me, it's not like I'm like, oh, my God. I'm just like, okay, that's another challenge that we have to deal with. We've been through the Babylonians, the Persians, the, the Greeks, and the Romans, <laughs> and we'll get through the Iranians, and it'll be all right. And, you know, we can't allow ourselves. We're people of, of faith in God and also of, of the strength that God gives us. So we can't allow ourselves to, to get too nervous. At the same time, we're on guard. And I just went shooting the other day, uh, practicing my, my own uh, firearms training. Um, and we have to do that. We got to be, every one of us has to be prepared in Israel. Every one of us is like a police officer in a sense, a defender, a, a certainly a military person. You know, I, I want to talk about the Abraham Accords for just one second because it's related. The Abraham Accords is really the vision of peace in our region, which is a strong Jewish Israel surrounded by strong Arab countries living together uh, and working together in concert for a better Middle Eastern region. Uh, and it's happening. It's a much better idea than cutting up tiny Israel, giving it to the Palestinians who are jihadists and, and, and having raining rockets just like we have from Gaza. That's a bad idea. Anybody, know, anybody can see that. Uh, the future is the Abraham Accords. But I want to just for a second stop and talk about the name Abraham Accords. The name itself is a fight. The name itself is a fight because one of the fights that your children are facing on American campus is the language of occupation, colonialism, the idea that Israel is a white colonialist settler state taking over somebody else's land, a theft narrative. And that is one of the biggest lies out there, as though Jewish people are not from the land of Israel, we're not from Judea, uh, as though there were some kind of like Germanic people taking over you know, somebody else's land. That's one of the biggest lies out there. The Abraham Accords, the name, is an attack on that attack. It's a defense against that attack because it says, no, we're part of the Abrahamic region. We're Abrahamic peoples. We are related here. In fact, the first Abraham Accords happened in the city that I work in, which is Hebron, which is when Isaac and Ishmael came together to bury. It's the father of the Jews and the father of the Arabs came together to bury their shared father, Abraham, in Hebron. So that's the first Abraham Accords. And I always tell my, my Arab interlocutors, let's come together to honor our joint father. Let's make peace in order to give our father some comfort. Uh, the Abraham Accords was not, it was a tr the, the move was a, a fruit of, of people like David and, and, and David Friedman and other people, and of course, President Trump. But the name came from a general 
who was a Puerto Rican two-star general, an, an American general, who ran into the room and said, you guys have a name. They're like, no. And he's like, how about the Abraham Accords? This is what David Friedman told me. And, and Donald Trump, was President Trump said, well, it would be nice if it was called the Trump Accords. But, <laughs> but, but it, it ended up he accepted the idea that it was the Abraham Accords. Uh, and I think that that name says we are from this area, we're from this land, and we give honor together to our forefather Abraham. What concerns you? What concerns you about Israel, about the situation? Well, I mean, it is obviously a, uh, a region uh, that has always uh, known conflict, um, whether, you know, is it the Crusaders, whether it was the Persians, whether, you know, whoever was moving through that area. And, and you know, the, 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 there's a reason that every Israeli citizen has to serve in the military. Uh, it's a preparedness, as the rabbi was talking about, and so, you know, it concerns me that if you know your Bible, uh, there may be future conflict in the region, maybe, you know, the ultimate conflict in the region. And so, uh, you know, I am I'm concerned about that. I'm concerned uh, that also that Iran, if not contained, if, being, if allowed to become a nuclear power, will not only be an uh, existential threat to the state of Israel, it will also require everyone else in the region to develop nuclear uh, capabilities. And I think that's, that, you know, that, that, that is never good. Uh, you know, we have lived with that through you know, all, all of our lives, that there, are, that there are nuclear powers in opposition to each other, and we don't need more uh, to join uh, in the world. So that's my biggest concern. This, the second concern that I have is Israel, um, you know, because of their politics and because of the Knesset, and the, 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 the way they do their parties, you know, it is not guaranteed that it won't ultimately become a socialist state. Uh, I think it's, I think, I think it, you know, uh, my sense is that the people are conservative, the people are, uh, you know, Bible-believing, uh, but at the same time, you know, I just, I worry about, uh, you know, one of our, our, our best ally in the region and one of our closest allies in the world uh, would tip into sort of a socialist agenda that is, that is not good for the American people long-term. I want to give you all one minute, since we're coming to the end, to tell our audience, why should everyone go to Israel? What is important? What do you find most interesting about it? Why should they go? Right now I'm working on a project which is to, it's an American idea. Sometimes we take ideas from America, yes. <laughs> we, we have what to learn as well. And uh, I love this idea of Route 66 that you have here in America, this like heritage highway. So I had this idea that we, we actually have a road called Route 60, and it's an ancient biblical highway. And it has on its seven holy and ancient cities, Beersheba, Hebron, Bethlehem, Jerusalem, Bethel, Shiloh, and Shechem, all on one road. And this is basically like 90% of the Bible took, took uh, place uh, on this road. And I am actually working in the Israeli government to change the name to Route 60, the Israel Biblical Highway. I want to make sure that everybody here at CPAC, I want to make sure that, that Bible-loving people, values-loving people, defense-loving people, national and patriotic-loving people will come to the Israel Biblical Highway, go down that highway and say, yeah, I did the Israel Biblical Highway. I came to these cities. I, 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 I stood in the place where Jacob had the dream of the ladder. I came to the tomb uh, of Abraham. I, I drank water from Abraham's well. 
I want you know, the whole world to do that and certainly the people here. So you're invited to be part of the Israel Biblical Highway. Uh, Israel is the place to go to see the Bible come to life. There's no better place to do that. It's the, Jerusalem is the place where our Judeo-Christian values come from and really are the heart and soul and the foundation of the strong relationship between America and Israel. And also, you get to see that the lies that are put out there by the media, by the New York Times, and so many, even what we hear on college campuses and others, uh, as, um, as Yishai was saying earlier, that Israel is supposedly uh, taking over illegal Palestinian territory, or it's an occupation or a colonization. It's all lies, and you get to go see uh, the fact that the Jewish people have a historic and legal right to live all throughout the land of Israel, and that this goes back thousands and thousands of years, and you also get to see archaeological discoveries that reaffirm these historic connections for Jews and for Christians and many others, um, and really push back against the false narratives that, it, that exist. And finally, you get to see that this tiny country, a country that, by the way, uh, get, does receive the highest amount of military assistance from the United States, but only asks for the backing uh, and the wherewithal, the military capabilities to be able to defend themselves by themselves. They actually don't ask America to fight the, the wars that they're dealing with, although it happens to be that they're fighting against enemies that also threaten not just Israel, but, but America. And you'll get to see the threats that unfortunately exist all around Israel's borders. Unfortunately, when more con uh, conflicts do take place, you'll have a much better sense of why it's so important that all of us stand together publicly in support of Israel, because really when Israel takes on the enemies uh, of Israel, they're also taking on the enemies of America. Well, you know, I'm actually, you were with us on the trip, and so I'm actually going to yield my time to you, because I would love that you've been asking all the questions. I would love to hear your perspective, because you were there, and you saw it all, and how, what, what impression were you left with? Um, I will say, I was blessed to go with my family, so both my parents and my four little sisters we were quite a gathering, you could say. We're a little bit loud and lively. We had the opportunity to go to just all these holy sites that I never even dreamed of seeing. And really, there are no words to describe how important Israel is. And I never really thought I'd go. But anyway, thank you all so much for, uh, for being on the panel. Thank you. This Vianna, was... one more thing. Yes? You know what I love here in Texas? Bucky's. <laughs> I, I love Bucky's. <laughs> I, I want a Bucky's in Israel. Or I want a Bucky's in Israel with all that stuff. And, and I'd love to see more Israel stuff at Bucky's. More like. <laughs> so, if anybody knows anybody at Bucky's, let me know. God bless you guys. Thank you so much. Thank you. Don't worry. The Ishai Fleischer show will be right back. So stay tuned. All right, folks, I hope you enjoyed my time at CPAC. I know I enjoyed it very much. As I said to you, a lot of people were just really turned on to uh, the message of Eretz Israel at CPAC. And, you know, American politics is so divisive right now. That's just my way of saying divisive. And there's so many uh, intensities out there, and there's so many accusations. And, 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 and immediately after I came back home, you know, Donald Trump's uh, house was raided. I actually heard him speak uh, on the 9th of Av, on Shabbat at CPAC and it was like just very interesting just a very interesting kind of situation and so there's so, so many rivalries and tensions and then when you come in with a little bit of Eretz Israel, and you come in with something that's pure and holy even though we also have our contentiousness and we have our, our divides and our political and Israel's of course you know 
you know, home of political animals and all that kind of stuff. There's real, you know, rough and tumble stuff. But at the same time, when you're out there uh, in Dallas talking about Eretz Israel, people are like, yes, give me a little bit of the Bible. Give me a little bit of the vision. Give me also the vision of something great that's happening. And people need that very, very much. Now, uh, speaking of a vision of a great thing that's happening, we are in the beginnings of the book of Deuteronomy Devarim, and we are joined to discuss that a little bit with Malka Fleischer. Malka, shalom and welcome. Hello, happy vacation. That's right, happy vacation, happy Ashkelon to you, and enjoy this beautiful view of the Mediterranean. Yeah, it's really beautiful. Here we are. I wrote on Twitter this week, but like as, as I was packing up, when you're in Israel, even your vacation is Torah. And I feel like, you know, here we are, we're looking at the beautiful ocean, we're here in the land of Israel, Ashkelon is an ancient city. And uh, it's, it's really beautiful out. It's kind of funny to me, though. You know, you were talking about being in Ashkelon and the, and the dichotomy between um, Ashkelon and America. And actually, I want to just highlight for one moment that dichotomy between Ashkelon and Ashkelon. You know, just a couple of days ago, you and I were on the phone asking each other if we can even make this vacation here because there were rockets falling in Ashkelon. And today it's like, doo 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 like here we are in Ashkelon, on the beach, went to a restaurant, restaurants are packed, everybody's out, it, it, it seems like totally normal, and just two days ago there were like rockets being lobbed at this place and sirens, we were, the kids and I on Tisha B'Av had the uh, Red Alert Siren app on, and like Ashkelon got many, many warnings. Uh, more than warnings, uh, it was lobbed at by... Altogether, I think there were some thousand rockets that were launched out of Gaza, which we could see here in Eyeshot. And, uh, and Hitler Fold wrote a small article being like, if you don't see the miracle of a thousand missiles and not one Jew basically getting hurt, and one of these missiles like struck back in Gaza and like killed five people, and it was just like, don't think for a second these aren't killers. And there's even a video of not so far away from here, a rocket hitting between buildings, hitting the ground, and nobody got hurt. Wow. So that is a wow. That is a big wow. Permission to be wowed, everybody. Everybody listening right now, say wow. Wow. Like, that's amazing. And that's really another way of saying wow. It's probably a different spelling of God's name. Uh, like, wow. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to go any further than that. Uh, but the point is, is that, you know, you're totally right, Malka. You're absolutely right. Uh, and it is a mitzvah to be here just in this vacation, this land. And you're right that it is a miracle that everything is back to seemingly normal. It's a, it's a full, full-blown full miracle. Uh, Malka, you know, the book of Deuteronomy is actually, uh, Devarim is actually a 30-day speech by Moses, by Moshe Rabbeinu. And one of the things that I always complain about during this time is that I actually feel like it's very hard to say a Dvar Torah. It's hard to say a Dvar Torah during this time because, because it's like... I always feel like the, there's, no, there's no innovations to be made. It's a speech. And you just got to hear it. He's like saying it to you. And so I always recommend that people read it out loud as much as possible. Read it out loud because it was said out loud. And it's written. If you read it, there's some stuff there that doesn't always make exactly like it's not written like prose. It's not like prosed out. It's not like edited like prose. It's written like a speech with its pauses and it's like and sometimes a little bit of like how should I say like like accentuation there's nothing there's no lack of sense God forbid it's perfect sense and it's perfectly God's word 
but it's through Moses through a speech. And so sometimes there's these phrases that are like more like emotional and would be better understood if it was read out loud. So this week's Torah portion also includes the Ten Commandments, the redux of Ten Commandments. Okay, re, the Ten Commandments do, do over, okay? Part two, huh? Part two right? Uh, and it has got some changes, and there's a lot of interesting discussions about that, very academic discussions, Torah discussions about what are the differences. But I want to read to you one verse, which is one of my favorite, favorite, favorite verses, and certainly one of my favorite verses in this Torah portion, but this is one of my favorites. And this is to go to prove to my point that it's not always linear or prose-like, but rather a little bit more uh, speech-like, which it goes like this. This is the verse before the famous verse of Shema Yisrael. The verse of Shema Yisrael is in this week's Torah portion. Shema Yisrael, Adonai Eloheinu, Adonai Echad. That's in this week's Torah portion. But the verse before, the literally one verse beforehand is the following. V'shamata Yisrael. This is the Torah portion of Va'et Hanan. Torah portion of Va'et Hanan. Second Torah portion of the book of Dvarim. This is also connected to, usually, to Tubav, which is the holiday of Jewish love, which is tonight, happens to be Makkah, yours and mine anniversary, and not even a small one, a 20-year... Twenty-year anniversary. Wow, twenty whole years. And if you didn't write me an email, yishayishayflash.com, and wish us a happy anniversary, you can just forget it. No, just <laughs> no. You, no, no, no. It's totally cool. But if you want to, that'll be nice. Yishayishayflash.com. Uh, <laughs> write me an email. Just say Mazalto of twenty-year anniversary of Yishay and Malka. You've probably been listening for twenty just years. About twenty years. Yeah, we've been we've been doing this show for the bulk of our marriage. <laughs> That's all we've been doing. No. <laughs> Uh, so that's too bad. Malka, listen to this verse. And most people don't know about the verse. The verse before Shema Israel. V'shamata Israel, And you'll listen, Israel. V'shamata la'asot. And you'll keep to do. Asher lecha. Lach. Which will be, no, lecha. Which will be good for you. V'asher tirbun me'od. And you'll grow, you'll multiply through it. K'asher diber Adonai lo avotecha lach. As God the, for, the, the God of your forefathers spoke to you, a land flowing in milk and honey. It's not exactly... What, what do you, it is a non-sequitur. It seems like a non-sequitur, right? Yeah. That's because, here's how it sounds. V'shamata Yisrael, v'shamata l'asot, asher yitav lach. Oh, you're saying Hashem's yelling at them. V'ash, it's Moshe Rabbeinu, not Hashem. Ah. It's a speech by a, by a rabbi. Right. V'shamata Yisrael, v'shamata l'asot, asher yitav lach. It's a land for I'm giving you the whole thing. I'm giving you the keep the Torah, listen to God, land of the forefathers, land of milk and honey. It's like the whole thing in a, in a, in a verse. And there was no way to like add a lot of words. He's like, this is what you, this is. You'll do. You'll do this. It'll be what God says. Your forefathers listened to it. Follow. It'll be good for you. You'll multiply. Land of milk and honey. <laughs> and that's basically. I, I think. I think in a nutshell, this verse is basically. You could say, it's the whole Torah. Wow. It's really the whole Torah in a verse, and it's the verse right before uh, the Shema Israel. So that's pretty cool, right, Michael? That's really cool. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> 20 years of marriage <laughs> 20 years ladies and gentlemen 20 years 20 years, 20 20 years. years. I'm 20 uh, great stuff Malka and uh, happy vacation happy Ashkelon yes. vacation happy Tubav to Am Yisrael yes uh, Tubav represents uh, that God uh, it's, a, it's a day of redemption it's a day of uh, re it's not just love it's a day of re-enloving re, re- reunification uh, and uh, um, 
It's a day where, where God's like, the bad times are over and the good times have begun. Yeah, you can really, I, I don't know, maybe we're just like very aware of it and therefore you can sense it. But it just felt like to me this year, the day after, it wasn't Tisha B'Av, Tisha B'Av was Shabbos, but the day after that, when we fasted and then after that, like it felt like, it's kind of like Lahav deal. It's like, you know how sometimes you could have like a really humid day and they like, they tell you to stay inside because like it's a bad weather quality, bad air quality day. And then like a new wind blows in and suddenly like it's a good air quality day and it's like sweet air and it's a good temperature. That's what it felt like for the soul for me this year. It was just like that lifted, the nine days lift. It's like, whoosh. That's right. By the way, like so, such a better air, such a better uh, time. That's what I felt. I'll never forget when Yasser Arafat took off from Israel for the last time when he was very sick. And I just knew that like... Like an evil has left this world, and I was like, I felt that like good air come in. Uh, yeah, getting rid of evil, folks, is good for the world. Bringing in righteousness is good. Being here in Ashkelon is good. Thank you very much, Malka Fleischer, for being with us. Mazal tov. Mazal tov to you. May we enjoy yet another 20 years. Here's to the next 20 years, and 20 years after that. We'll be going to a delightful fish restaurant tonight. We're going to have a lot of fun here in beautiful Ashkelon. Thank you, Hashem, for the opportunity to come back here. Thank you for protecting us from the evil rockets of, of Gaza. Uh, may you return us quickly to live again in Gaza where we belong. This is the land of Judah, the land of Israel. Uh, may we see the destruction of our enemies and the return of the Jewish people to their ancestral land. And thank you to the great Mediterranean for being such an ancient and storied sea. Uh, and thank you to all of you out there. Write me an email, yishayishayfleisher.com. Again, thanks to Ben Bresky, Yochavid, Tabitha, Moshe Herman, and Lou when we're live. Uh, and thank you, Hashem, for the opportunity to broadcast to you. Happy Tubav, everybody. Thank you so much for being with us. Thanks, CPAC, for hosting me. It was really an honor and a pleasure. It was beautiful times to be with good folks who love Israel. Uh, and don't discount anybody. There's tons of lovers out there. They're all over the place. The truth of the matter is the world is full of love. That's what Tubav is about. Stay tuned. Stay strong. Stay connection. God bless you. And shalom.